wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Talent alone is not enough for you to make it. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach too. Hey you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game, DreOldDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That's the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. Then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights strategies and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today, this is part one of a four-part series, the 12 work on your game commandments. And these are subject to change, but these are the commandments as of when I put these notes together. So that's what we're talking about here today. Before we even get into this, before we even get started, Let me inform everybody or remind you if you already knew, but you haven't taken action on it. I have a daily motivation text that I send out free of charge to everyone who is in my text community. If you want to receive that text, all you have to do is text me at my number. Here's the number, 305-384-6894. Every day when I send out my daily motivation text, I want you to be on my list and getting that text message guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point every day. So text me at my number. Here's the number again, 305 Three eight four six eight nine four. So text me right now while you're listening to this because you got your phone in your hand. Now, if you want to work with me, if you want to work for me, if you want to do any work around me, you must accept all of the 12 work on your game commandments. Any violation of one of these commandments means you will be sentenced to death and beheaded immediately. Now, I'm not going to sentence you to death and behead you, but we might have to kick you out of the circle. You might have to get away from me because anybody who cannot accept these commandments we're going to clash. So we're going to become oil and water. It's just not going to be a good mix. So let me get into these 12 commandments. We're going to go over this. It's going to be a one, two, three, four part series. I'm going to give you three of these commandments in each of the next four episodes, starting with today's. Now you must accept these if you're going to be in the work on your game world. And if I'm speaking your language as you hear these, then what you need to do is get in touch with me and let's go deeper and let's start doing some serious work on wherever, wherever you're at, so you can get to where you're going. Let's get into it. Point number one, we are again today going over the 12 work on your game commandments. These are commandments numbers one, two, and 
three. Number one, this is not in any particular order. Each one of these is equally important. Number one, complete ownership. Complete ownership. And when I say ownership, I'm not talking about paperwork and documentation. I could be talking about that. But that's not what I mean. When I say complete ownership, I mean taking ownership of your situation, even if the way that you ended up in that situation is not all your fault. You are taking ownership of it because you're the one who has to live with the circumstances. When I wanted to play sports back in the days, my parents were not athletes, which means I have a one sister. She was not an athlete. So I didn't have anyone in my immediate circle who could just take me under their wing and show me all the stuff I needed to do and tell me all the places to go and you know, teach me. I didn't have any of that. I had to kind of figure it out on my own. Since my parents weren't athletes, they were more concerned with their kids you know, going to school and getting an education than they were about their parents, their kids becoming any kind of you no know, athletic star. So my parents never hired a coach for me. I never had access to any kind of specialized training facilities. I didn't have a scholarship to play in college. I never had a trainer or a coach or anything like that. And even in college, I didn't even play my senior year of college because I had a butted heads with a coach after a coaching change. I had no one recruiting me or scouting me to play pro even after I played college basketball. Yet I was able to make all of those things happen. To finally make the team in high school after a lot of struggle, to play in college even though I wasn't recruited, to play pro even though I didn't have anybody scouting me or you no know, offer me an opportunity. I was able to make those things happen. And here's the reason why I made it happen. While yes, I did have talent, it took more than that because there are a lot of people out there who have talent who do not quote unquote, make it in the thing that they're doing. So talent alone is not enough for you to make it. It was my ownership of the situation that allowed me to make it happen as an athlete. I made it happen because I took ownership of the situation. No, I don't have a trainer. I don't have access to the gym. There was only a handful of neighborhood coaches, neighborhood I grew up in. It was like three or four basketball coaches. And they, for the most part, would only really work with players during practices if you were on the local recreational team. And there's a, more kids than there were spots on the team. Or the handful of kids, maybe four or five of them who showed a lot of early promise, looked like they might go somewhere in basketball. Those are the ones who got the individual attention. I wasn't one of them. So I didn't get that attention. I had to figure it out on my own. So my ownership of the situation is what put me in a position to make these things happen that I'm telling you about. So I'm not telling you that I was able to make it as an athlete to impress you, but to impress upon you that the ownership is what allowed it to happen because you can take ownership of your situation, athlete or not. You are the reason for everything that exists in your life, even if you had nothing to do with it. You are the reason for everything that exists in your life, even if you had nothing to do with it. And I'm not telling you that to condemn you or to make you feel bad about your situation. I'm giving that to you as a mantra, a mindset that I want you to take and adopt for yourself because the more ownership you take over the situation in your life, even if indeed you're not the reason that you're in that situation, the more ownership you take, the more power you have to do something about it. Now, I understand. Let's be clear. Logically, is it your fault who your parents were or if your parents were drug addicts or alcoholics or they weren't good parents or they weren't attentive or your father wasn't around? or your mother was abusive, or they were not emotionally available, or they were short and you want to be a basketball player, or they were dumb and you want to be a smart person. And these are the people that the higher being, spiritual being, handed to you as guides in your life, and it kind of set you up in a messed up situation. Is that your fault? No, not at all. But it's your responsibility. 
Is it your fault that you were born in a place where not a lot of people become the thing that you want to become? No, not your fault, but your responsibility. Is it your fault that you were born a male or a female? Is it your fault what resources were available to you or not available to you growing up and you see kids from the other side of town who have way more access and options than you have? None of that is your fault. You didn't choose any of that. You did not make those things become what they were, but it's all your responsibility. Is the weather your fault, the town you're from, and thousands of other things that you could actually do nothing about? Are any of those actually your fault? Absolutely not. They're not your fault. However, all that said, as soon as you become aware of the circumstances that you are in, they all become your responsibilities. And when I say all, I mean 100%, no exceptions. Now, why does that make sense? Here's why. Because your ability to shape circumstance is what we call power. That's what power is. Power is merely the ability to shape circumstance. Now, let me tell you something about power that many people don't tell you. I've told you this and I'll tell you again. I'm going to tell you now. Power is a package deal that comes with responsibility. If you want power, you must take with it responsibility. It's kind of like if you get married to a man or a woman who already has a child, or you get the child is a package deal. Uh, you can't say, all right, I'll marry you, but you got to get rid of the kid. That doesn't work. It's a package deal. If you want power, you got to take the responsibility with it. When you are responsible, you become powerful. Think about it. The most responsible people you know, they have power to actually do stuff, at least about the things they're responsible for. So if you want power over a situation that you know is not your fault, you must first accept responsibility for the situation even though it's not your fault. Everybody got what I just said? And you must do it in that order. Responsibility comes first, power comes second, in that order. You don't get the power first, then you decide whether or not you want to take responsibility. No, that's what people want, but that's not the way it works. What keeps many people from acquiring power in life is their unwillingness to take responsibility for things that are factually and logically not their fault. But because you don't want to take responsibility, because you clearly do not understand the principle that I just explained, you hold yourself back from power because you're avoiding responsibility. See, many people want power, but they just don't want the responsibility that comes with it. I'm here to let you know that if you want power, you have to take the responsibility too. This is the deal. This is how it works. All right, if you want big muscles, you got to lift weights. All right, you can't get one without the other. All right, even if you take steroids, all, right, all steroids do is allow you to lift weights and recover faster. You don't get muscles just from taking steroids. You get muscles from lifting weights. Uh, you take the steroids, this is allow you to lift weights and recover faster so you can lift weights more often. Uh, that's the way that it works. I'm not telling you to take steroids. Say no to drugs. But you get what I'm saying here. All right, you must take responsibility first in order to have power. Point number two. We are talking to 12, work on your game, commandments. Commandment number two, accurate formulas. This is something that we've been discussing a lot on this show over the last several weeks and months. I talked about how to operate by accurate formulas in episode 2154, the four worst inaccurate formulas that you've been taught, episode 2163. And 2167, I told you there's a difference between being right and being accurate. Episode 2113, we talked about the skill of accurate thinking. Accurate formulas is a commandment of the work on your game world, meaning you need to be operating accurately, not trying to be right. And there's a difference between the two. I just told you that. That's episode 2167. There's a huge difference between the two. And a lot of people conflate these and focus on being right, which means you're trying to prove yourself correct and get your opinion and your views to prevail over those of others. All right, that's fine if that's what you want to do, but that's not accurate. That's not being accurate. That's not this commandment. Accuracy means your decisions are based on measurable outcomes, things that you can look at objectively that anybody can look and see 
that it's this thing is this thing. That's accuracy. Anyone can see it objectively, regardless of their opinion, their background, where they're from, their origins, their orientation. Anybody can see the same thing. That's what accurate means. Being right is when you're trying to serve your ego and your opinion. Challenges, everybody has an opinion. Everybody has an ego. So 20 people could be in a room and all think that they're right and they're all right about being right. But there's only one accurate outcome. Everybody has to agree to that. The biggest challenge in operating with inaccurate formulas is that it's not about measuring results. It's about identifying correct problems to address. See, when people are operating by inaccurate formulas, they start addressing the wrong problems. You get the right answers to the wrong questions. See, when you answer the wrong problem, you could do everything correctly, but still have the same issue and or still be producing the same outcome and still not be where you want to be simply because your formulas are off. There's nothing wrong with your work, nothing wrong with you, nothing wrong with your thought process. It's just that you are operating by an inaccurate formula. And basically your compass is telling you to go north when you're actually going south. Operating by accurate formulas requires you to stop doing everything by emotion and do things more by logic and objectivity. The challenge for all of us is that the closer a situation is to your own personal life, the harder it is for you to do this, which means you need to leverage the skills and the brains of other people. Don't just try to do everything by yourself. So operating by accurate formulas usually requires you to involve other people in your process. And some of you may be a little bit leery of doing that. But to that, I say this. There are 8 billion people on the planet. You're only one person. Why would you try to do everything by yourself when there are 8 billion other people that you could leverage and use their skills and their knowledge instead of just using your own? You're not good at everything and you only got one brain and two hands. You can't do everything even if you wanted to. Even if you were all knowing, you couldn't do everything on your own simply because you don't have the resources. You don't have the physical resources to do everything by yourself. Why not just use other people? I mean, they're there, available to be used. And you can be used by others as well. Many people are so driven by their own emotions and proving themselves right and serving their ego that they never get around to the logical, accurate things that would actually help them. And this leads to a whole lot of different problems in life. And it's actually going to lead us to our third point, which we'll get to in a second. But when it comes to accurate formulas, it's very important that you understand the difference between accuracy and correctness. Correct, again, is all about what you personally think. And you and I could both have completely different opinions on a subject, and we could both believe that we're right and have evidence and proof and all the things that we think prove our arguments correct. The bottom line is neither one of us is being accurate because we are not working off an objective, measurable thing. An objective, measurable thing can't really be argued with. Objective, measurable things are more based in facts. One of the challenges with the world that we're living in today, as I told you in episode 2009, the truth is objective. All right? There's no arguing truth because it's objective. It's clear. It's black and white. There's not really anything to argue with. You present somebody with something that is truthful. Only thing they can do is ignore or try to change the subject, but they cannot refute truth. Now, I told you in episode 1808 how to be objective. I also told you in episode 1800 how objectivity became a new controversy because we have people in the world today for myriad reasons who are trying to change what's objectively true or they are making, again, objective facts out to be some type of controversy, which makes no sense. But this is why accurate formulas matter so much. That's why it's one of the 12 work on your game commandments that you operate by accurate formulas. Because if you do not operate by accurate formulas, what happens is you lead yourself into a state of entropy. In other words, a state of chaos where there's no law, there's no order. Now, where there are no standards in place, things just start getting out of control. Things just start going in ways that they're not supposed to go. Told you in episode 1331, you never lower the bar 
of standards. In episode 1291, how to raise the standards of a group. In episode number 2097, I told you the standards still matter. And when people try to act like standards don't matter, that's when things start going haywire and out of control. To give you an example, just recently, maybe a week or so ago from when I'm recording, Sports Illustrated put out their swimsuit issue for, which is an issue that they put out every year. Traditionally, they've been doing this for decades. And I remember Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue coming out back in the 90s when I used to have a subscription to Sports Illustrated, the physical magazine. And in this issue, they do as they normally do. They put out like four different covers and four different women on there. The four women they had were Kim Kardashian was one. I believe Sierra, the singer, was another. There was a woman named, I believe her name was Grace something. She's the wife of, I can't remember who she's the wife of, but an older woman. She's on the cover. And there's this other woman named Yumi Nu, who's an Asian. She's a Japanese. I believe she's a singer or something. And she's a plus size model. Now, here's the thing. I'm not making any judgment as to whether you believe or should believe that Yumi is beautiful enough, whatever you, however you describe that word to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. But here is what I will say, because we're talking about accurate formats here. We're not talking about opinions. Sports Illustrated's core audience are masculine, heterosexual, sports-interested men. That is their core audience. That is anyone who knows anything about Sports Illustrated can agree that that is their core audience. The reason that they put out the swimsuit issue every single year is to give those men, their target audience, the one thing that they're interested in at probably about the same level, maybe even more than they're interested in sports, which is feminized, heavily feminine women, pretty feminine women wearing as little as possible that they can get away with tastefully. That's the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. That is literally why it was created. They want to tastefully give men The other thing that they're interested in besides sports, these men, these heterosexual, masculine men, the other thing they're interested in besides sports was attractive, feminine women. This woman, Yumi Nu, who they put on the cover, is a plus-size Asian model. And one of the things that she said in her own interview about being on the cover of Sports Illustrated is that she thinks it's great that Sports Illustrated is showing diverse audiences and showing that plus models can be beautiful too. And That is great. The Sports Illustrated is allowing her to represent for the plus size Asian audience, women, Asian audience, whatever the hell that audience. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was an audience that needed to be served, especially not through Sports Illustrated. Here's why Sports Illustrated doing this is an inaccurate formula. And this is to say nothing again of whether you believe Yumi Nu is necessarily beautiful or not, because beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. I mean, Yumi I'm sure in one day, some point in her life, she's had sexual intercourse. There's some man who's been attracted to her and maybe multiple. And in the future, I'm sure there will be more. There's somebody for everybody. So it's not that she isn't, quote unquote, qualified to be on the cover of the magazine. But at the same time, Sports Illustrated has set a standard over the decades of what does qualify to be on the cover of their magazine. So a Sierra or a Kim Kardashian, do they qualify? Yes, they do, because they are along the lines of the standard and the expectation the Sports Illustrated has set over decades of their swimsuit issue cover. Yumi is not. She does not fit the standard of what Sports Illustrated has established as what to expect when we put out this issue for our heterosexual, sports-interested men. It doesn't fit the standard. This is an inaccurate move by Sports Illustrated, and here's why. Because they didn't do this because they're telling their sports-interested heterosexual men, hey, men, You all shouldn't just be interested in the Kim Kardashian and Sierra body shapes. You should be interested in people like Yumi. And Yumi Nu is tall. I think she says 5'10", 5'11". She's about 250 pounds. Look up her picture. 
Y'all go Google her. So her first name is Yumi. Y-U-M-I. Her last name is Nu. N-U. And if you're watching this on video, here's the picture of her. So all of you can see it. All right, y'all, y'all see that picture right there? Okay, this is a plus-sized model. Can we all agree to that? No, that's not my opinion that she's a plus-sized model. Now, whether you think she is attractive or not is up to you, and I'm wholly not concerned with whether you think she, if you would be physically attracted to this or not. And I'm not even going to offer my opinion because it doesn't matter. It's not about my opinion. I'm talking about accuracy here. Sports Illustrated has set a standard that the kind of women that go on the cover of their magazine are not this. The kind of women that go on the cover of their magazine are the Kim Kardashians. All right, those are the kind of women that go on the cover of their magazines because this is what their men have proven through their actions that they are interested in. So I'm looking on Sports Illustrated's website and they have more photos that I guess for, are from within the magazine of each woman who was on the cover. Here's a picture of Kim Kardashian from inside the Sports Illustrated issue. Here's a picture of Kim, okay? These are the kind of women that go on the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. Then you look at the picture of Yumi and you say, okay, what the hell is this? They're not saying to men, Sports Illustrated is not saying to men, hey, all of you, y'all should start being interested in people like Yumi. You should find her attractive and this should arouse you as well. And you should know, look at these pictures when your wife's not looking the same way you look at Kim's pictures when your wife's not looking. Sports Illustrated is not saying that. What Sports Illustrated is saying is, hey, ladies, hey, feminists, hey, woke people, hey, we are not just about this traditional standard of beauty and putting the Kim Kardashian types on the cover. We're also going to put the Yumi's on the cover, too. So we are being inclusive. We're being diverse. We're being equitable and we're being inclusive. So don't come at us. All right. Don't attack us. We are including everybody the same way that y'all want us to include everybody. Like I talked about in episode 2199. Why diversity, inclusion, and equity is the enemy of high performance. Sports Illustrated is jumping into the DIE pool for no reason whatsoever, because this is not their target audience. The target audience is not feminists. The feminists are not going to subscribe to Sports Illustrated just because they put this woman on the cover of the magazine. Gay women are not going to start reading Sports Illustrated just because they put Yumi on the cover of the magazine. Their target audience are the men who want to see Kim Kardashian. Their target audience don't want to see Yumi. That's why this is an inaccurate formula. Again, to say nothing about her looks, it's not about my opinion of her looks, it's about what is your business model? What is the outcome that your customers expect you to deliver? And what are you actually giving them? Is this what they want or is this not? Let's move on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, we are talking to 12 commandments of work on your game. Number three commandment, self-honesty. And this is something that somebody at Sports Illustrated, some decision maker at Sports Illustrated, probably several of them, needed to have before they decided to book Yumi for this photo shoot. They could have put her on the inside of the magazine, but why put her on the cover? Anyway, number three, self-honesty. A person that texted me uh, not too long ago to my daily motivation text, my 305-384-6894 text community, they said to me when I asked them what their biggest challenge was, they said, one of my challenges, Dre, is waking up early. And I said, well, how long has that been an issue for you? They said, well, Dre has been an issue for me my whole life. I did some digging in the form of one text reply. This is how I dug into their challenge. I said, what have you tried in order to you know, wake up early and you know, solve this problem? Uh, it's been an issue your whole life. And this is a person who's, a, this is an adult who's texting me. It's been an issue your whole life. So what have you tried to wake up early? This person said, well, Dre, I have all kinds of alarms. I put an alarm in the other room. So I got to get up out of bed and turn off the alarm. And I've done that. And I still, I'll wake up, go in the other room, turn off the alarm, then get right back in bed and go to sleep. And I said to them, after they told me that, I said, well, clearly waking up is not your problem because 
you are able to wake up and turn off that alarm, right? The problem is not a lack of ability to wake up. The problem is your lack of self-discipline and self-accountability. But I'm telling you that. I'm out of the story now. Now, let me tell you why this person was actually violating this third work on your game commandment. Because their originally stated problem was they can't wake up early. But clearly they can wake up early. Their problem was not waking up early because when the alarm went off, they got up, turned it off and went back to sleep. So they woke up to turn the alarm off. The problem is they're not disciplined and they're not holding themselves accountable because their saying is not waking up, but they're inaccurately identifying the problem. This is a violation of the commandment. The original statement was, Dre, I can't wake up early. Well, yes, you can. You're just not doing it. The biggest challenge people have with being honest with themselves is that when you are completely honest with yourself, usually you have to end up looking in the mirror a lot. This is a big challenge that a lot of people have these days. And it's also a thing that's becoming more pernicious in society because so many people and so many establishments are trying to change. They're trying to remove standards. I told you why standards still matter. That's why I just mentioned that episode 2097. Standards still matter. People are trying to remove standards and say, well, it's OK. Like this woman. Yumi is a plus size model. She's 250 pounds. Clinically, I'm talking medically here. This is not, again, not my personal opinion. Clinically, if she was to go to a doctor and have her BMI measured, a doctor would diagnose her as clinically obese, which means she is at higher risk for things like diabetes, cancer, and heart disease, and to die early. That is a factually true. So for her to be saying, and Sports Illustrated indirectly saying, they probably said it directly, that, okay, well, we need to have different standards for beauty. It's okay to be plus size and the size that she is, this is beautiful and good and acceptable. And we all need to look at this as beautiful as well. Well, should we? Is that a violation of the standard? I believe that it is. And the challenge with being self-honest is that it usually ends up with you looking in the mirror and having to have a tough conversation with yourself. And this is something a lot of people don't want to do. This has always been a challenge. The only difference is now that the wokeness has come around, it's becoming more and more popular. And I told you why I am not woke, just in case any of you didn't know, episode 18, 19. The reason why this is becoming more of a challenge is because wokeness has started to try to craft this whole new conversation that these things that traditionally will lead to you having tough conversations with yourself, they're actually okay. You don't need to have a tough conversation with yourself. You're perfect as you are, even though we know this is a violation of a traditional standard. And their whole thing is anything that's traditional, that means we can throw it out. It's traditional, so we got to throw it out. That means it's old, it's bad. We don't need to stick to it because it's traditional. All right, this is an inaccurate formula. It's a logical fallacy is what it is. You, to be self-honest, you have to take ownership, responsibility, and even blame for a situation that you're in. If you want to call it that, call it what you want. Many people, and these are often fully grown adults, I'm not talking some 12-year-old, Many people are so incapable of doing this that they never get around to accurate thinking about what's going on in their own lives and careers because they keep telling themselves stories that make them feel good, but don't help them do good. They think that their problem is waking up when your actual problem is you're not accountable. See, I can't wake up early. It sounds like a little funny thing. Like, oh, I just can't wake up early. I'm not a morning person. All right? Any of you say that? A lot of you like to say that about yourselves. Bullshit. You're a whatever kind of day person that you need to be if you gave a damn enough about what's going to happen when you get up early in the morning. All right, if I told you you get a million dollars and wake up early in the morning every day for a month, could you wake up early in the morning? Yes. Okay, so bullshit. It's not that you're not a morning person. It's not that you can't wake up. All right, miss me with the stories. All right, your actual problem is a lack of self-accountability. That's your real problem. Many people prefer to blame their challenges 
on something that absolves them of full responsibility because then it could be a tongue in cheek thing. Well, I can't or I don't know how or I'm just not that type of person. Now, all of those are just stories that we tell ourselves. We call them rationalizations. Human beings are great at rationalizing, making up stories to make us feel good about ourselves. And it's okay to feel good about yourself. But again, be careful that you're not telling yourself things that make you feel good, but don't help you do good. This is the circular reasoning that keeps people in the same position for eternity. So you need to check yourself on these. That's why it's the third work on your game commandment. Let's recap the first three of the 12 work on your game commandments. If you want to be around me, you must follow all 12 of these. No exceptions. Number one, complete ownership. Ownership means it might not be your fault that you're in a certain situation, but you must take responsibility for it. Power and responsibility are a package deal. You take responsibility first. The power comes second in that order and in that order only. Number two, accurate formless. There's a big difference between being right and being accurate. When people are trying to be right, they are focusing on their own personal opinions. Being accurate means there's an objective standard of measure and everything is weighed against that, not weighed against anybody's personal opinion, regardless of their status within the organization. Sports Illustrated putting a plus size woman who is clinically obese on the cover of their magazine and saying that this is the new standard of beauty is a terribly inaccurate, first of all, on a base logical level in that uh, this woman is actually in uh, rougher shape physically, clinically, medically. Any doctor would tell her that, and maybe they have, and anyone can see that. Secondly, Sports Illustrated's core audience isn't even the kind of women that they're trying to appeal to by doing that cover. What's the purpose of doing it? There's no business value them doing what they did. That's really why it makes it inaccurate. Forget about what you think about the woman herself. And many people are so driven by their emotions that they never actually get around to having logical conversations with themselves, which leads to number three, being self-honest. Somebody texted me and said, well, Dre, I have a challenge of waking up early. And once I dug into it, I found out they didn't have that challenge. The challenge is that they have no discipline and they have no accountability. The problem is for this person and for many people is that you had never had any honest conversations with yourself. And because you're unwilling to do that, even if you have a coach, that coach is going to tell you some things that you got to take and you got to say to yourself. And if you're unwilling to do that, you can just throw away everything the coach says to you. I've worked with people who do exactly this. I tell them something that is clear and objective and accurate, and they find a way to twist themselves around mentally to where they don't have to accept it and they make themselves right all over again. And the problem is you're going to keep running into that same brick wall until you're willing to have an honest conversation with yourself. The challenge for many of you is that it takes you 25 years to get an honest conversation with yourself, whereas the more successful person takes them about 30 seconds. Question is, which one do you want to be? All that being said, tomorrow, we're going to get into the next three of the work on your game commandments. Text me to get my daily motivation. My number is 305-384-6894 and workonyourgameuniversity.com. If you are bold enough, brave enough, if you got balls enough for us to get really accurate and really clear about where you're at and where you want to go and creating a map for you to really get there, not fake get there, but really get there, Go to workonyourgameuniversity.com if you're tired of playing around. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number. 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.